Welcome to Recovery Guy Podcast. Welcome, welcome. Recovery is a lifelong process. Hello, my name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy. And if this is Thursday, this must be the checkup. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We are excited to uh, have you here. So once again, on behalf of John Barker, uh, website administrator extraordinaire from Southern California and JJ in studio with me, we thank you we have gone over 1,600, uh, listen, 1,600 times you have tuned in and listened to our podcast in just about 13 weeks. We are thrilled. We are so grateful. I cannot say thank you enough. I especially appreciate those of you who have shared this content with other people and have decided to make this a place you check into, whether it's for the fix on Tuesday or the Thursday, the checkup, and any other times that we're sharing special content with you. Thank you for those who have commented. Um, I've got a dear friend in, uh, in Florida who says, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Your content is affecting me and my family. Uh, I've got another friend in Australia who says, every time you have a podcast, I listen and I always share it with someone who I know is hurting. And what a wonderful thing to say, because we share in hopes of you sharing. Um, Our sharing obviously starts with you. And then when you share it, Um, it is more valuable uh, because you find value in the content. And we're so excited about that. You know, what we do here at Recovery Guy Podcast and recoveryguy.org is seek to become whole, right? From broken to whole. If you've seen my brand and you see the heart with the piece missing, um, we want to take that piece and put it back. Because until that piece and that heart, that position is restored, we're walking around as incomplete people. So the whole notion behind that brand uh, is uh, that was uh, thought of by my dear friend Jeff. And and he uh, he, he himself was involved in recovery, and and that was laid upon his heart as a great idea as we tried to put together what we were looking to say, uh, not only in in our words, but also in the material that represents us. And, and that heart is there, and that peace is missing, because we want that peace to be put back in, in your life, just like it has been put back in my life, and JJ's life, and John's life, and Jeff's life, and my dear friend, uh, Jay Roberts, who took care of all my video at recoveryguy.org. So we believe in this thing called recovery, and we are glad 
that you have come on board. You know, today we're going to talk about something that's so important. You know, uh, recently, uh, you know, I talked about uh, uh, coercion, right? A recovery after coercion. And we talked about uh, relapse and talked about uh, giving yourself time to grow. And these things are so important. And and I had a great opportunity of being with a friend this last weekend. Laura and I went to Las Vegas to visit our grandsons and and uh, our daughters and, and spend some time with them. And I was chatting with a friend because I got clean and sober in Las Vegas in 1986, if, if you don't know that or don't recall that about me, uh, which only goes to show that if, if you can get sober in Las Vegas, clean and sober there, you can get it done anywhere, right? Uh, AA is strong, recovery is strong. I'm so grateful for the work that's done in Las Vegas and the opportunity that I had to, to learn that I no longer had to die. But, you know, one of the things that I, I spoke to my friend about, I said, you know, Give me, give me a topic because I know you're involved in wellness and, and wanting to uh, become better day in and day out. Uh, what are some of the things that you think are important? And uh, without hesitation, they said, sabotage, self-sabotage. And, and how do we move away from the negativity that would cause us to backslide or relapse or, or take a diversion from the path that we're on. And so today's topic is called sabotage of self, right? Uh, and so I'm going to get to that in just a moment. And But as I was thinking uh, about uh, the whole Recovery Guy podcast, uh, and again, you know I love definitions. So what does it mean to recover? I'm going to share some things with you, and then we're going to get to the topic for today. Um, you are probably aware of many of these things. Maybe you're new to recovery, maybe you're new to Recovery Guy podcast. Let me share a couple things with you. As you know, I love the dictionary, I love definitions, right? Because I want to make sure whatever content outside of my personal experience, strength and hope, uh, anything I deliver to you has done been done by people or thought of by people who are much more intelligent uh, than me, right? I, I'm not really intelligent, I've learned how to incorporate intelligent things into my life and and learned how to live them. But there's some pretty smart people out there, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about what they think about what recovery is. And recovery is simple as that: an act of recovering, right? Which I really love because I am recovered uh, from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, or as my dear friend and sponsor Slow Will would say. I'm a happy, grateful, recovered alcoholic, and and I stay recovered by staying in recovery, right? So we have a noun, and we have a verb that backs it up. Recovering. That's me, daily. And I am recovered as a result of that continual effort over time. But here's what it says, the regaining of or possibility of regaining something lost or taken away. The restoration or return to health from sickness. You know, I love that so much because we're not bad people trying to get better. We're sick people trying to get well, right? Uh, Restoration or return to any form and better state or condition. An improvement in the economy marking the end of a recession or decline. 
our own personal economy, the the improvement of our personal position after we have recessed or gone back or declined, the regaining of substance in usable form. Isn't that crazy? Usable form. I had no use before when I was out there ripping and running and making a wreck of my life. Now I am regaining to be of usable form. I love it. In law, the obtaining of right to something by verdict or judgment of a court of law, obtaining of right to something. I have a right to this life now. In football, it's an act or instance of recovering a fumble. We drop life, and now in recovery, we're picking it back up. In the art of fencing, it's the movement to the position of guard after a lunge. So we're in the position of guarding after an offensive attempt to go back out there and reclaim. We're in the position of guarding our life, guarding our position. In the sport of rowing, a return to a former position for making the next stroke. Folks, isn't aren't definitions crazy? How we can take something that's defined and apply it to who we are and what we're doing in this thing we called recovery. Hey, so let's get to the sabotage of self. You know, before I came to recovery, I knew, and maybe you can relate to this. Let me know if you can. I knew that anything good would soon go away. Do you remember feeling that way? That we knew it was just a matter of time for the other shoe to drop or to get figured out for who we were or who we weren't or or what we were not capable of doing, what we weren't able to do or provide. So we went through and we had this facade. We, we put on these other characteristics or tried to paint this picture of ourselves because we knew that anything good coming to us would soon go away. I got so tired of losing and people leaving, I began to leave or give things away. Do you remember doing that? You, I remember knowing that I was going to get found out, whether I was doing something wrong or not. But eventually, if you were around me long enough, you would know that I wasn't who you needed. Or I wasn't able to be that person you were hoping me to be. Do you remember feeling that way? I figured if people or things that I really wanted were going to leave me anyway, I might as well be in charge and make it happen under my terms. You know, to the, to the same person, to a person who's thinking normally, they would, they would listen to that statement and think, there's something wrong with you. Why would you take something that was good that you wanted 
and give it away or push it away because they were going to find something out that may or may not have been true. But that's how I lived my life. I had lost so many things or never got things that I thought were important or valuable to me that I knew, I was convinced that no matter what I had of any value to me at all was eventually going to be taken. And it left me feeling so powerless that I figured the only position of power I had was to dictate or direct when I was going to lose it. Talk about a a hopeless state of mind and body. Talk about, as Bill W. would say, incomprehensible demoralization. We were convinced to a man that we were of no hope. So anything good in our life, we sabotaged it, sometimes quickly, sometimes over time. But eventually, we would lose it. And sabotage was a way of making it under our terms. So now we come into recovery. Now we begin changing our life. Now we begin reformulating our thinking and who we are. But for some of us, in the beginning, we, we, we don't know how to receive yet because we're still learning how to give. My very first sponsor was Max B., And Max moved away, and that's how I ended up with Jack back in 1986. But Max told me about addiction and why I did what I did. And I I know that we have a, a craving, right? A physical allergy, Max said that what we really have, and I'm I'm actually going to have to do a podcast on this. Max said what we really have is a love disorder. Think about that for a second. Here I am, this alcoholic, this drug addict, compulsive gambler, compulsive overeater, addicted to pornography, bulimic. You know, again, we come in to these rooms and to recovery so jacked up. But Max said, what you really have is a love disorder. And, and he said, you never learned how to receive love, no matter what form or to what degree it was given. You never learned how to receive it for whatever reason. And then there you became an age where it was now a degree of accountability and there was an expectation of giving the love back. 
Here's the challenge. How can you give something you've never learned how to receive? Not only did I not know how to receive, but since I could never receive it with the intent or purity that it was meant, means I I don't even know what it looks like or feels like. So how can you give away something that you can't identify? Now, if it's a gift, if it's a package, if it's something tangible and and monetary related without a personal involvement, that's different. You're giving a thing. But love is not giving a thing. It's giving a person, a piece of that person, a whole nother level. So, So we can't receive, therefore, we don't know how to give. And it really affects us in quite a negative way. So what does that have to do with sabotage? It has everything to do with the sabotage of self. And let me help you understand why. So let's define sabotage. Sabotage is the destruction of property or the hindering of manufacturing something of value. It is the destructive or obstructive action carried on by a person. It's an act or process tending to hamper or hurt. It is deliberate subversion. What a definition. Destructive or obstructive action carried on by a person against an enemy to hinder their growth. Wait a minute. This is sabotage of self. Does that mean I consider myself the enemy? I can't answer that for you. But what I do know is We met the enemy, and it is us. We met the enemy, and it is us. Think about that for a second. What does that mean to you? We met the enemy, and actually the quote is, he is us. I think it was Walt Kelly is the person that that quote is attributed to. Is that true for you? Do you view yourself as the enemy? If you if you don't, yet you self-sabotage, you sabotage yourself, then why would you do that? If you don't view yourself as the enemy, then why would you take action or have behavior that would harm you? Does that make sense? 
Because even though self-sabotage doesn't make sense, it makes more sense than harming someone that you don't believe is the enemy. So here's what I think. I think that sabotage of self is tied to sense self-worth. And self-worth is a sense of one owns value as a human being. Where, where do you place your value? Do you consider yourself a mistake or a beautiful creation by the God of the universe who created all for all? Do you have a sense of your own value? Because self-worth is tied directly to self-esteem. And self-esteem is a confidence and satisfaction in oneself. Do you have confidence as a person? Are you satisfied with who you are or what you're becoming? And, And I'm not saying that we're everything that we need to be or we can be or will be. Because I'm not who I hope to be tomorrow or the next day or next month or, you know, God willing, next year. My friend Will, my sponsor Will, he's not who he's going to be as a husband and and as a friend and as a person of recovery. But he has confidence in who he is. He has satisfaction in who he is today. Is that you? Do you have have self-esteem? And that's tied to self-respect. And self-respect is a proper respect for oneself as a human being. Regard for one's own standing or position. Do you have a regard for yourself? How do you view yourself? Do you view yourself as a person of confidence and satisfaction? who has a sense of their own personal value as a human being, if you don't have those things, the likelihood is you are subject or capable of sabotage of self. Because that noun, that sabotage, is performed by people who have limited self-worth, who don't have a very good self-esteem, and certainly don't have self-respect. I believe they're all tied together. If you listen to this over and and you find that this is not true, yet you sabotage yourself, but you don't think it's because of these things, would you, would you let me know what your thoughts are? Would you leave me a comment? Because I I think I'm right. I think there's a direct connection whether it's causation or correlation, I'm not going to debate it with you. But what I will debate with you is sabotage of self, the destructive or obstructive action carried on against one's own person is tied to self-worth, which leads to self-esteem and self-respect. 
If I have a limited self-worth, my self-esteem or how I view myself is going to be limited, which means I won't have self-respect, which means I won't act in my own best interest. So what do we do with that? I'm going to give you eight things. Don't worry about writing them down. Just come back and listen. Jot them down when you have opportunity, if you're driving or, or you know, distracted to any degree. Number one, let's examine what we did or what was done to us and disconnect it from who we are. Because we develop so many of these things as a child. And if we are suffering from what Max says, this love disorder, when love was first imparted on us, and for whatever reason, you know, my dad was alcoholic. Love was given very conditional and very measured and very inconsistent in my life. Now, does that mean my dad didn't love me and didn't show me love on occasion and to the best of his ability? Because, you know, once drinking is involved and all bets are off, but it didn't mean my dad was a bad guy. It didn't mean my dad didn't love me. It didn't mean my dad didn't share love with me as he could perceive it and see it. It just means I didn't know how to accept it. But I had to get to a point where I disconnected it from who I am. Do I recognize, this is number two, do I recognize that sabotaging things or or people we say we want is unnecessary and painful? Because sabotage, we look at it sometimes as, oh, it's a bad habit, I've got to stop saying this or I've got to stop saying that, but we don't. It's an unnecessary event, and whether we minimize it, rationalize it, or deny it, it is very painful. And we have to recognize sabotage as being that negative aspect in our life because we don't deserve it. Just because we didn't know how to receive love or how to receive or disconnect from what was done to us, understand it wasn't because of who we are. My dad and my upbringing wasn't because of who I was. It was based on what I was born into, which was totally disconnected from who I am, but I connected it to me as a person. And then I had to recognize that going through life with this sabotaging mentality was unnecessary and it was far too painful. Then I have to know that I'm not alone. You know, we're only as sick as our secrets. I am not alone in believing these things, that I am what people would say about me or or I need to sabotage to to validate the position or the person I think I am in steps one and two. So know that I'm not alone. Number four, 
I need to come to believe that, that I have value and that people of value deserve things and people of value. You know, I, I don't have to seek out the lowest common denominator. If, if I believe that I have value, then I need to be around people who are like me, who are of value and believe those things about them. I need to up my game. I need to change my old playgrounds and my old playmates as I'm taught in recovery. Here's very important. You know, no man is an island. We all need someone else. We all need help. I still do after 33 and a half years of recovery. I seek help from individuals on a regular basis because I know there's some great ideas out there. And especially in the beginning, I had to be willing to say, I need help. I'm hurting. Would you please help me? Can you share with me? Can you instruct me? So I become a a sponge for these things. We need to seek self-help instruction and groups, or some of us need professional help. We need to sit down with a psychologist, with a sociologist, with a psychiatrist. We need to to sit down with someone who can help us sort things out, whether it's on a group level, obviously an interpersonal level, so I'm working on these things by myself, trying to find my center, but I need others to sound this off of. And sometimes I need people who study these things and can help uncover some deep, dark things about me that continue to wreak havoc on my life and are triggers or respond to the triggers and cause me to sabotage. I need to begin, number six, to incorporate positive self-talk and activity that promotes personal growth. The most powerful talk on the planet is what we say to ourselves. So again, begin to incorporate positive self-talk and activity that promotes personal growth. I then need to recognize, and number seven, recognize that our greatest value is helping others. You know, for the longest time, I didn't think that anyone would care enough about me, so I had nothing to offer to them. Thank God, mandated in the 12 steps in the program of recovery, step 12 is to go out and help other people, to make a difference in the life of someone else. And I like it that it, they didn't leave it as an option. It's a, it's a spiritual mandate. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message. That's what we do. We carry the message. We recognize that our greatest value, once I get done with the nine steps of recovery and start living the maintenance steps, for those of you who are 12-stepping, live in the maintenance steps of 10, 11, and 12, I, 
I find out on a daily basis what I need to do to get better and look at myself from yesterday to see what I can improve on. I then go to God and I get this great power through a vision and through direction and guidance. And then I need to take that and go help someone else. My greatest value is helping you as you receive and and demonstrate your value by helping me in your comments and your shares. And then, I love this one because this is where the rubber meets the road. In number eight, I live each day to the best of my grateful ability. Not just my ability, but my grateful ability. I am grateful. I'm a happy, grateful, recovered alcoholic. And I hope you are happy, grateful, and recovered in your recovery as well. You know, when I meet individuals who are struggling, the first thing I want to do is change their thinking, get them to to redirect their energy, get them to redirect their negative thinking. First thing I do is have them write down a gratitude list. What are you grateful for? So I need to live each day to the best of my grateful ability. And we have ability. We are so able. We are responsible. We can respond ably, gratefully, constructively. Let's get out of the sabotage of self. Or as Bill would say, the deliberate manufacture of our misery. We're not a glum lot. We are to be happy, joyous, and free. There's enough in the world out there that wants to bring me harm. Why do I want to join them? I can't control what they do. I can control how I receive it, how I internalize it, how I would take responsibility for it, which I reject it all. It's not what they say. It's not what they do. It's how I react. What, what I control is how I view me and how I need to get out of God's way to helping restore me to the fullness of the person I was designed to be and then not sabotage or destroy that which is being built to his glory and honor and usefulness to you. Do this as part of your checkup. Are you guilty of the sabotage of self? I hope this made sense to you today. I hope you join us. I hope you go and listen to some of the other podcasts on all the podcast channels we're on. I hope you go look at my recovery videos on recoveryguy.org. I hope you join us in this movement of recovery to be the best possible version of ourselves, so we can help other people become the version, the best version of them. Isn't it time we stopped hurting? Isn't it time that we stopped selling God and ourselves short? There is so much out there for us to receive. There's so much more for us to be, and it's ours for the taking. We can 
recover. We do recover. We do become whole. We do get well. And I hope you are. This is Robert. I'm the recovery guy. Thank you for joining the checkup. I was trying to do everything.